0: What's going on, man, fam? It's Richard. Do you find yourself looking at all the bourbon on the store shelves, but don't know where to start or the differences? Do you enjoy bourbon but want to know more about the science, history, and the stories behind the label? Did you know that bourbon is a distinctive product of the United States? It can't be produced anywhere else in the world. And no, not all bourbon has to be made in Kentucky. I learned all of this listening to Bourbon Pursuit. If you think you like bourbon, get ready to love bourbon. Bourbon Pursuit is the official podcast of bourbon, the best source for all bourbon news, reviews, and interviews with people making the bourbon whiskey industry happen. There's three new episodes every week. You can learn the great next bourbon trends, the great bottles, the personalities behind your favorite brands. Get all the juicy scoop on all things whiskey. Past guests have included CEOs, master distillers, and brand ambassadors from every major distillery, authors, bloggers, industry influencers, retailers, celebrities, and unique customers who hunt rare bourbons. Take your knowledge from being a bourbon novice to a bourbon baron. Wherever the good stuff is poured, Bourbon Pursuit is just a play button away. Join your host, Kenny Coleman, Ryan Cecil, and Fred Minnick on an epic bourbon adventure. Subscribe and follow Bourbon Pursuit wherever you get your podcast. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You like that? Yeah. It The whole world got crazy. Please. Please.
1: Yeah. It's showtime! Happy New Year, man, fam! It's a new year of movie talk, but we're still talking about the movies of last year because that's the way the Academy does it. That's the way the Hollywood does it. That's the way everybody does it. And so we're on a kind of a different timeline here. But welcome to a new year of the show. We're gonna mix it up this year. Something fun to announce. We got more announcements coming in our State of the Union pod coming up here in a week or two but the first of those announcements is we're mixing up hosting duties so mm. you you might have heard my voice first this time and maybe in the past a lot but we're gonna have some fun and brian's gonna host a lot of episodes richard's gonna host a lot of episodes and we're not gonna tell you which ones those are maybe we will for the vips but <laughs> it's gonna be fun and it's gonna make things interesting for the show this year Add a new element, and uh, we'll see who maybe quits the show first uh, this year <laughs> because there's a lot on the plate. Movie Draft is making a reappearance this year, mm. long-awaited return of the Movie Draft. And so to lead us through the first movie of this year, but again, we're still on last year's movie time, <laughs> uh, I think Hollywood actually, the Hollywood Forum Press actually says, F, F your Equinox. I think that's their actual... <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's their actual yeah. slogan. Yeah, we don't follow your 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 calendar, right? God, we're not privy to this. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, against it. It's Brian Gill
1: leading us through. Don't Sup? look up. Sup, Brian?
2: Mm-hmm. If you like this, let me know. If you don't, don't let me know. That's uh, that's the key to this whole yeah. thing. If you enjoy the, the episodes that Richard so, and I host, Brian, great.
0: you also said that on your wedding night.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And then for <laughs> most things that I do in life, <laughs> I lead off with that. Like, yep. Hey, man. Uh Cooper, if you uh if you enjoy this parenting experience, great. Let me know. If not, you keep it to yourself. You tell a therapist in ten or twelve years. That's fine. Uh but otherwise don't let me know. I do not need your disapproval. Um we're here to talk about don't look up. This is uh as Kent said, for the first couple of weeks this year. Actually, honestly, probably the whole of, of January, because there's not very many movies coming out. And Morbius was one of them and it just got moved again for the seventh wow. time. So um that i don't think that movie exists, to be honest with you. Is it coming out this think, year? Yeah, look, it was, it was supposed to come out at the end of January. I believe that was the sixth or seventh time that it moved, and today they announced that they're moving it to April. Um, I now am of the assumption that this is actually just a 30 Seconds to Mars music video that's gotten out of hand, and they just don't know what to do with it. I think that's, the marketing campaign is. is the movie. Uh-huh. yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, it's one of those. It's <laughs> yeah. like
2: a big. Jared Leto thing. is Morbius. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I don't know. Sony seems like they always have their stuff together on things <laughs> yeah, like this. Yeah, they so never I trust make them. Stupid mistakes. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, so what we usually do here on the show, January and February are usually pretty light for new movies. Uh, but what we will end up doing is we'll we'll spend some time focusing on the glut of films that come out in mm. the uh, the awards chase area of the calendar. Um, these weeks where it's like, there's plenty of weeks where we had zero movies to talk about literally. And then the last couple of weeks of December, there were 47 movies a week. So, um, we've got a few things that we're going to get through that are considered more Oscar or awardsy, or at least maybe in some cases like tonight, perhaps we're ambitious on that front and wanted to be in those considerations, whether or not they are those things. So be ready for that over the next couple of weeks. We're going to hit licorice pizza next week finally let you boys talk about pta i know you've been champing at the bit for it uh and a few other movies like power of the dog some of these uh oscar-y kind of movies we'll knock those out over over the next few weeks um whatever the calendar allows you know when there's not a big movie that's coming out that week so tonight we're talking about don't look up it was on netflix i watched it on netflix i don't know if either of you guys got to the theater um we are but let's, let's get into it let's start it off richard i'm gonna go to you first mm-hmm. you are the adam mckay stan of this group um you were, I think you were streets ahead on, on Adam McKay. It took, us, took me, at least, a little while to, uh, to catch on to the, the potential, at least, for genius outside of the comedic realm. I think we, we all really dug the big short, and I think that's become like, one, of the, uh, one of the best movies of the decade, one of the most important movies of the decade, too, if, if we can say that, that movies are important. Uh, but you're a McKay guy. Were you? St- <laughs> Let me ask you this. I think we were all excited about this when the movie was announced. Were you still excited about it by the la- by the time that we actually got the movie or did the trailers take anything away from the the trailers and the buzz take anything away from you coming up?
0: No, I mean, yes and no. So like I was excited for, you know, I was a little, I mean, I was let down by V, but but it seemed like that movie when you when you vice. cut Oh, pardon me. <laughs> vice. um <laughs> when I Thank you. I'll do that three more times. So be ready. Same,
2: yeah, I know. I feel you. I feel you.
0: Um when you uh when you come out of the gates with something as not only as good as The Big Short, um, but as sort of like kind of visionary as that movie in terms of how unique it was and how unique, unique it felt. I mean, granted, it's based on a book, but that was just like, you know, it felt like a new, we knew Adam McKay as this really prolific comedy writer and director, but it felt like this really new voice and kind of new tone that we had never seen before. Um, and it was great because... It was someone that was going to bring the weight of, um, you know, the kind of loose performances that Paul Thomas Anderson's known for getting these these kind of improvisational things um, with the you know style of like Quentin Tarantino, but with none of the self seriousness of either of those, right? And mm-hmm. this kind of mm-hmm. the, the dash of Scorsese editing and like all these things, um, and we're going to tell these sort of weighty stories but in ways that are not only accessible, but are joyful and fun, right? Mm-hmm. And so you come mm-hmm. out of that, you go, okay, can't wait for Vice. I got it right. Thank God. And, uh, and so that was kind of a letdown. There was parts of that. I think Christian Bale's great in that, but Christian mm-hmm. Bale's not really bad at anything. Um, but you go, okay, well, this is understandably, the studio said, you do whatever you want, Adam, mm-hmm. because you're obviously, after the big short, a, a genius, and, and, and also people really want to work with you. And then that kind of didn't that missed, and so you you would think that then the move would be okay. Let's taper you back a bit. <laughs> We've had our humble right, pie. That right. movie didn't necessarily land. It was nominated for a few things, but didn't really land culturally and remotely either in the short term or certainly in the long term, like mm-hmm. Big Short did, right? So you go, okay, that's fine. That happens. That's a, that's hubris. That's Icarus, right? So let's right. let's uh, let's rainy in a bit, and then you start seeing the cast for this, and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, this is going, and then. First trailer hits and tonally kind of is popping, you know, it's got that it's it definitely seems like it's going to be funny. Like you weren't really sure, right? Like uh Vice is, has moments of comedy, but it certainly leans more in the drama. And you see the subject matter of this and you see the cast, you don't really know which way this is going to go. And then you see the trailer. Okay, this has some verve to it, some
2: mm-hmm. some
0: some spirit to it. Um this looks like this could go, you know, we were in I think we talked about even on the show. Like I Still my guard's up a little bit because this could be so blowhardy, you know. Um, but th- I thought the trailer, at least, I, I mean, I, we we're kind of inundated by the end. It's always hard to tell. But I thought the first view of the trailer, I was kind of like, okay, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Leo's one of those kind of untapped comedic resources as a leading man, um, He's always, which is part of what makes him so good at it because it always seems when he is funny in, in things like Wolf of Wall Street, it seems it's rare air, right? You don't get to see mm-hmm. that a lot. Same with like Brad Pitt and in a lot of his, whenever he goes comedy, it's always, not always he's so good at it, it's also feels special because, you know, he'll do nine uh, babbles in a row uh, before he, you know, does something lighthearted. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry, don't I'm going on forever. So I was, I was kind of like tepidly excited and then, and uh, well, we'll, well, we'll wait, I'll go to Kent too on this, but uh, yeah, McKay one of those people that. I, now I'm after this, I'll just spoil my review. I'm much more of a big short fan than an Adam McKay fan as a, as a filmmaker, mm. but you know, kind of, it's kind of, I think it's going to be very similar to my relationship with John Mayer. The, the skill set is certainly there. So like any <laughs> album could be yeah. all right, you know, uh, but he's. You know he might have to throw on the the Montana gear and sit with a dog in a field, and I'm just going to be yeah. so annoyed most of the time. So, yeah. um, I but I will always have an eyebrow up every time he does a movie because I know that there's virtuosity there, and mm-hmm. I am not I'm I i was not a huge fan of this movie. Um, there's parts of it that I laughed out loud at, and enjoyed, and thought were really smart. Um, but I just thought it was so kind of. I don't know. I just didn't understand the point of it. Really, it seemed like at the same time mm. cynical and like weirdly frothy. I don't know. It was a weird. Mm. I, it, and part of it is interesting because it it too much like Pig Short is a very unique. There's a lot of unique decisions in this, which maybe might be ahead of their time. And I might like this movie more in four or five years. I granted that. Mm. Um, But right now, it just was really kind of like jarring and kind of grating to me for the most part. Um, But anyway, Ken, I want to hear your general thoughts and what you thought coming in.
1: Yeah, man. Adam McKay is super important to, you know, what I think is funny. I feel like, you know, you and I, Richard, I mean, we bonded over Anchorman at such, you know, right when it came out. That was so important. (laughs) You know, Talladega Nights, obviously. I mean, this this man brought us stepbrothers for goodness sake. You know, um, they, I actually think the other guys is is one of his best comedies. I watched that uh, with yeah. the wife uh, during the pandemic, and, the and we funny. laughed we laughed out loud multiple Thanks times. Thanks for the f Shack. It's, it's a freaking <laughs> that that's a movie that not a lot of people really talk about in his filmography, but I I, I really I really dig I that agree. one. And then he he did the Anchorman two one, which. I think at the time we we really enjoyed because of the, the satire and stuff, and it, it, it was fun. But I mean, certainly no Anchorman won. Um, I was probably less high on the Big Short than than either of you guys. Uh, I did I did really like it. I think I had it, um, you know, near my, uh, you know, in my if not in my top ten, near my top ten of of that year. And uh, my biggest complaint was it with it was that I thought it was. A little spastic uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of how it was directed. And uh, I just, I could never really keep my attention in one area because it was throwing me so many different montages and cameos. I was like, what is going, what is going on here? It's enough to figure out, you know, how shorting stocks works. Now I'm asked to kind of take so many directions with this movie. So I was hoping after The Big Short, he would kind of rein it in a little bit as a director. And I think he kind of did with Vice dramatically. You know, it's much less um, risky than The Big Short in terms of the choices he makes. It's much more of a standard biopic type uh, um, template that he kind of plays around in. But with Don't Look Up, I think I saw this day coming with the big short. Like this is what I was kind of scared of, you know, is like him kind of getting mm-hmm. drunk on his own power of, <laughs> of um, people love me. People think I'm funny and also think I have something to say in society. Like that's a deadly combination. And I think he really wanted to, wants to dabble back in comedy again. I don't know if, if the Will Ferrell divorce has anything to do with that. Like, and you know, maybe him wanting to, prove himself again in comedy, but also still has stuff to say. I wish he could pick one, though. I wish he would either do comedies or do dramas with like a, a short comedic undertone to them. Um, this one was a little bit straddling the line of both for me. And it really reminded me of a film from the 90s, and I couldn't get it out of my head. It's like, you know, the first scene of the movie and and really – where that movie fails, I think this movie fails in all the same areas and for the same reasons. To me, this is 2021's Mars Attacks, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's yeah.
1: a director drunk uh-huh. on his own power, uh, thinks he has it all. I'm just going to get everyone in Hollywood. I've got this crazy outlandish idea. It's super satirical at the time where, you know, back then it was kind of military-industrial complex. and And here it's more... Uh, you know, obviously, what's going on in the world right now, politically and otherwise, yeah. and so <laughs> I think that one—it just it—it it wasn't funny when it was supposed to be. It wasn't um, dramatic, really, when it was supposed to be. The satire really didn't work like it was supposed to. It was kind of too of the time um, to be effective. Like if "Don't Look Up" came out in twenty twenty nine. And it was kind of a look back at this time. I think it might work might have worked better for me, but it kind of feels weird in the moment. And again, maybe to Richard's point, it will age better. But at the time it was very jarring. I will admit, like the movie got worse for me the longer it got, the more it went. Like I thought it started off pretty strong. I really liked how it how the, the setup was with uh, with DiCaprio and and Jennifer Lawrence. And then we get to the Oval Office and and Jonah is basically if Logan Paul was the first kid, which I thought was hilarious, <laughs> hilarious uh, kind of character yeah. for him and, and perfect. It reminded me of his character in, in uh, this is the end yeah. where it's just this like super douchey guy. He's uh, so that, good at that. Man. He's so good mm-hmm. at that. And in my favorite moments of the movie were, were some of the stuff that he had and, you know, praying for dope stuff and, and all that kind of kind of stuff. But I mean, this movie's just drunk on its own power. What can I say? It's mm. two and a half hours long. Netflix yeah. gave him all the money he wanted yeah. for it. Anyone he wanted to get said yes to this. He's delaying future projects to make it. Um, all that kind of stuff. I don't know what was going on with DiCaprio in this movie. Yeah. With yeah. the accent, it wasn't the right choice. I know he made a choice. It wasn't the right one for me. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I have a lot, of, a lot of other small things. But overall, I think it's just a misfire but um one that really had good intentions and who knows maybe maybe we'll look back in 10 years and say gosh we we crapped on that when we shouldn't have and that was his real gem of that time but i don't know
2: yeah i mean what's interesting is like the the criticism that i've seen of this movie more than anything else is and i'll well, I'll, I'll i'll just let you guys know i did not like this uh much at all much much closer to if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year what's what's going to be top ten movie of the year, I would have guessed that this was one that would have been in it instead. it for me, it's much closer to to worst of the year. Um, but the, the the criticism of it that I saw a lot was that it's too on the nose, and I didn't think that that was the issue. I just thought that the issue was that it just wasn't good. <laughs> I just thought that the that the the point and the message that that he's very clearly trying to get across is is lost through the back and forth between is it comedy is it drama Mm -hmm. and the way that those two things interact and i know i say that a lot but it's usually a dramedy that's usually where you're gonna lose it or or at least i'll say that's that's what's the hardest part it's it's not the comedy it's not the drama it's how to blend the two things together and this to me is like a just a massive failure on that front um satire is hard um there's there's some great some great satire over the years in 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 all mediums in film and book and whatever whatever you want to talk about and he's responsible for a lot of it by the way you know?
1: yeah uh-huh yeah certainly and a capable galadeg and I mean yeah
2: mm-hmm. right um but it, it also i think satire when it doesn't work it's like blood in the water almost with a shark it's like if you if i go to a straight comedy if i go to a 23 jumps jump street or something and a joke in the first five minutes doesn't land, I'm probably going to be all right. There's going to be another joke in 20 seconds. We're going to get back on track. It's fine. Not everything's going to be an A-plus joke. Um, and as long as, as the majority of the jokes are, you know, over a certain level, then it's going to be fine. Satire, to me at least, and I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Arby, but for me at least it's like if there's a bit, if there's a satirical bit that doesn't work, it's like my radar goes up like, oh, no, that's not good. And then... I'm, I'm. It's almost like I'm looking for the next one instead of just trying to yeah. enjoy. It just becomes very cringy, very fast when satire isn't done well and when yeah. it's not working. And this, to me, I thought that there were some really funny parts. You mentioned you laughed out loud at a few things, Arby, and I did too. Mm-hmm. The, the bit of of the general charging them for the snacks and stuff, yeah. and Jennifer Lawrence continuing <laughs> yeah. to come back to it, I thought was hilarious, and I was it got me every single time i laughed at it every single time Um, the the
1: thing that i laughed at at the beginning and i texted you guys this as i was watching it was meryl streep has a webby award on her desk in the (laughs) office and it's never mentioned and it's just sitting there but it's the most obscure like millennial award that you would (laughs) have and you would think would be dope you know (laughs) but like no one really cares about a webby award but if you're kind of in on the TikTok scene, you would think that would be dope. You know, I yeah. thought that was a yeah. very funny add-on, uh, and so yeah, there was some there was some really funny stuff, but I don't think any of the jokes were funny. Does that make sense? Yeah,
2: I I, th- I think that 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 that's probably pretty accurate. The other thing is just like we've seen this over the last five or six years, and and whatever your political fil- affiliation is. It's a lot harder to do satire right now. It just is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just in a, in a different world than we were in a few years ago On that, from that standpoint. It's a lot harder. I mean, watch SNL. It's really hard to, to yeah. make fun of yeah. some of the stuff that has happened over the last few years because it's already so ridiculous that you couldn't imagine that it would have happened. Reality
1: right ago. now is way funnier than anything you could satirize about it.
2: Sure. You yeah.
1: know, like, uh, like having every fast food chain in America's stuff inside the white house Mm -hmm. for a sports team. Like to me, that is a movie, you know, that is a comedy scene of a movie. Oh, let's, let's, let's go to every McDonald's go to every Burger King like that, that nothing is funnier than that, that you could do do in here. You know, there's just stuff that happens. It's just so insane, ridiculous. And it's not even political. It's just like, what is, what is happening here? You know, just it's just, the, just signs of the times that we live in. Whether it's the internet, whether it's politics, whether it's um, social media influencing our kids and all that. As we're trying to, to work into this movie, it's like go on TikTok and it's way funnier than them parodying Ariana Grande on TikTok in this movie. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. spend eight seconds on TikTok and you'll laugh harder than. Them parodying TikTok in this, so I don't know what they're trying to do. Is comment on the culture of it, but it's not—it's not a funny way to do it. So it's—it's—it's it's, mm-hmm. it's super frustrating when yeah. you know somebody has something to say, but they can't articulate it
2: correctly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely think that's—that's that's the thing. It's—it's it's, again, it's it, in some ways, it's like it's not all your fault that 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 this is just incredibly difficult to do right now. But also, you probably could have chosen a way to to tell this story a little bit better if that's what if that was the story that we were that you're choosing to tell um let's get into a little bit of the real quick too on that i just wanted to add yeah yeah. um the
0: the uh you know mckay is someone there was a thing that was missed on this i think that really aids the big short and i think even though veep is like tangentially based on like nine different gosh vice tangentially based on like nine different um chaney books you know there's not really a Mm -hmm. guiding Voice, you know, that this movie definitely missed like the Michael Lewis because I think McKay is someone of of very polar and extreme views. Sure. By the way, many and some, and many of which I I hold as well. Like I'm not certain, but they are they're hard to sell as satire because yes, he's so whatever, right? And whereas like the great thing about the Big Short is that book is like a a brilliant because Michael Lewis is the best writer in the world. A brilliant telling, but a very like down the middle. It's not really a political. I mean, it isn't, is it? But like, right. It's a very like measured, reported, smart book. But then, but the, a lot of people would find maybe dry uh, mm-hmm. because of the right. subject matter. Right. Even though Lewis makes everything interesting in my opinion, and that that then McKay was able to layer his style on top yes. of and his yes. humor on top of and and some satirical notes that maybe weren't in the book, but notes right as of something that's completely from his voice. And and yes. it stinks because he's a really smart guy. And I I don't. And that stinks that like – but it, when you, when it comes from that, it ends up much more self-congratulatory and yes. much and much less like persuasive in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of that is a comment like on our culture in general. Like we just kind of recoil from that because I think so much of our world is people with extreme views yelling at us. So then when mm-hmm. we see them in like what's supposed to be sort of pop cinema, it's like – it again, kind of is grating. So some of that's not even his fault. But I, I do – I did notice like – I, I hope that whatever he does next, I would love it for be a, to be another adaptation that he can just like squirt bits of that sounds gross, put bits of Adam <laughs> McKay throughout, and then it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is alive now, um, yeah. instead of like from the mind, body, and soul right. of Adam
1: McKay, and you're like, okay, how nervous are y'all for this yeah. Lakers uh, series?
2: Well, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I'm I'm looking cool. for him to to do this because I think that he needs. I got a few things on that. It's it's it's. I think it's very clear that this obviously this is a very this is this is almost a passion project like it's very important to him like climate climate science climate issues climate change all these things are are very but but because of that you you kind of feel like he's in his own head you you said self-congratulatory I feel that for sure it just kind of feels like he's in his own head and then he's a guy who I think we can all I mean he's a very smart dude Adam McKay is very smart and I think he's just over smart. On this, in a lot of ways, it's it's maybe that seems like a stupid criticism to to give, but it 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 comes across as you overthought this and you oversmarted it and and would have benefited from. And then you get into again the whole Netflix is allowing you to just make whatever movie you want to make, and you probably, to your point, Richard, you, you I think you benefit from having other voices in the room who present not even. Differing opinions, but just like slightly different tone on those opinions yeah. would be, would be enough. We, um, ask, we it, all it hate feels the like node system. A, yeah. Until
0: we don't have a node system, then mm-hmm, this could sure. have used a few notes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, Absol-
2: absolutely, absolutely. Um, you it, know, there it, are some directors it,
1: it, that you want to be in the the blank blank business. You right. know, you want to be in mm-hmm. the Coen Brothers sure. business. You want to be in yeah. the Tarantino business. I don't know if Netflix should want to be in the Adam McKay business you know I I, get being I think this, thing, it, is yeah, gonna, all have, this thing all those have gonna they're gonna look at the numbers though on this and it's gonna do so I mean yeah. I this movie everyone was asking me about this my mm-hmm. entire family mm-hmm. everyone was coming in for the holidays everyone had seen this because it's on Netflix you know pops yep. up on Netflix oh DiCaprio I'm watching it you know that's all it takes and and this thing is gonna do gangbusters I'm sure um, oh, yeah. So Adam McKay and Netflix seemed like a seems like a perfect partnership. But him drunk on his own power, again, is not not something that I think benefits anyone uh, comedically, uh, mm-hmm. socially, otherwise.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I just think you get to a point where you're just um, you're not the only one. There's the 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 criticism of this is God's not dead for liberals has been thrown around pretty a lot on, on your and that that to me that's where i'm at a lot with this it just it feels like it is sort of made in an echo chamber for the people that are already on the side of the sermon that you're that you're giving and, already in the echo chamber of their own yeah on and Twitter. It, it just doesn't really nothing Nothing really resonates because now you, you it might resonate if it also, again, wasn't just lost in the, the so much wasn't lost in the translation from comedy to drama and back and forth. Um, so I don't know. I, I think for McKay, I'm excited about that Showtime series on HBO one because it's a great story. Great yeah. book, by the way, too. Yep. If you've, if you've not read it, Showtime and is HBO the,
0: gives better notes than I mean, HBO. Yes. A hundred percent,
2: yes, one hundred more than Netflix. Yeah.
0: Netflix is much more of a, so, a brilliant software company, and they will right. one day be a great studio, I think. But I think they're much more in the let artists fully be artists, and that's great. Like you said, Ken, yes. Coen Brothers, yes, because they have you know eleven very great to very good movies. Right, Scorsese, right, Fincher, right. right. I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but uh, McKay has one right, and so that's a hard one. To, and it's totally revelatory, in my opinion. But it's yeah, it's not really worth giving the keys to the kingdom to. But that's mm-hmm. Netflix's business model. Whereas HBO, I think, will have more. Yeah.
1: That's a good point. Um, it's on HBO.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. They have more sway. But I think for him, maybe more than anything, if if I was Adam McKay's friend, if he was coming to me and saying, "Hey," so you're not Will team? Ferrell. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so not Will Ferrell. So John C. Riley. If I was John C. Riley, uh, no. If he's coming to me and saying, hey, man, this didn't do so well, it's uh, I mean, not that again, we always say Rotten Tomatoes, not the end all be all, but it's it's a rotten movie on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think it's going to do as well with with the Oscars and and beyond that that it maybe had the aspirations to do. And also, I think maybe fairly would say if he was honest with himself, I am I don't I don't mean to project, but maybe I'm not having a great time. What do I need to do? I would say go have some fun, my man. Like go go do something. You started in the comedy world. I'm not saying you need to go back and do Anchorman Three, or uh, or something to something stupid comedy or something like that. But go go do something that isn't quite as serious to like clear your head a little bit. And so that's what I'm hoping that the, the this Showtime uh, series is going to be great. I, I'm 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 not off the Adam McKay train by any means, uh, but I but I'll tell you, it, it helps that knowing the next thing is going to be. Is going to be Showtime because I think that has some some opportunity for him to kind of refine himself instead of just trying to be like, I don't know, <laughs> like Michael Moore for trauma. I kind of hope for, that for unscripted. Um, I, I kind of hope
1: the, uh, the the Showtime series sucks so that Will Ferrell and him will be friends again. <laughs> so that they can be like in ten years, they can be like, "Yeah, well, that wasn't even worth fighting about." Look, it was, it yeah. was, it was crap. Yeah. You know, like if it's sure. great and it wins all these Emmys, like it's going to make it even worse <laughs> for it's,
0: Will Ferrell. It's, it's getting not getting like, the role. It's not like Ferrell's crushing it either.
2: Like, right? That. Yeah, they kind of need exactly. each other in right. a lot of ways. Um, yeah,
0: that Paul Rudd show didn't really. granted like, yeah. that's also like on Apple TV, so like nothing right there. Right. Other than Ted Lasso, is there like a Ted Lasso? Only subscription of Apple TV you can get because it just seems Ted like Lasso everyone, Plus.
1: yeah. I think that's what Apple TV is actually. Everyone
0: nickname. in the world has
1: seen Ted Lasso, but right. no one
0: has seen any other show apparently on that platform. I don't but understand how
1: that works. All that to say, like, I feel like Step Brothers 2 would be the McKay Feral reunion uh, yeah, if, it ever, if it ever I happened. We'd
2: all love that. Yeah.
1: Um, it'd be, it'd be one good. more thing on something Richard talked about. I mean, you guys, you know, mentioned climate change, and obviously that's a big. Player here, but I thought this was a commentary on COVID more than more than anything. Yeah, I think with, it's a commentary on just disasters in general and how
0: yeah. how we and no and you can the the thing I think is smartest about this satirically is that it's not really like climate change or COVID or something that we you know it's a comet right so you're able to sort of uh, project whatever I think you know <laughs> I think the message. Is a smart one the the broad message. Now the sure. little nuance in it can be a little sure. annoying, yeah. but the broad message of all this segmentation in our society and this narrative based society we built on both sides. Yes, it's annoying um, and maddening and all these things, but worst of all, it it makes us in unable to deal with crises and mm-hmm. uh, even as something as a giant rock flying at the earth. Right. Um, it's
2: a, so the that,
0: thing that, that kind of was dead on worked.
1: was. We, we can't tell people that have 100% chance of dying. Let's call it 70%. You know, <laughs> like that, just that whole thing yeah. seems, seems kind of, it is kind of very on the nose, but I think regardless of politics, that, that's, that's just stands for society in general. Like people don't want to, they don't want to hear things are bad ever. And I, I know that goes for everybody, you know, it's a, it's kind of, we want to, we want, we want to. We want it to be 1995 at the mall again, basically. You know, we want to mm-hmm. live in this kind of ecstasy of a world where nothing really matters, and we want to go back to the good old days. And the the, the thing that this reminded me of, especially the setup, have you seen the Alex Gibney doc uh, totally under control about the, the kind of the outbreak of COVID and, and yeah, the yeah. start of it? It's basically the scientists, and this is like pre- uh, you know, politics aside, this is that this they're interviewing the scientists that like discovered COVID in China, right? And they discover it back in like November of of 2019, and they know it's bad, right? And so they start going to the press and to you know politicians and, and telling them basically this time in 2020 where we are now that. This was bad, you know, it's essentially exactly like DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence going and nobody listened to them. Nobody cared. Nobody understood the significance. Um, And I think the line that was so funny to me was was Tyler Perry on the uh, the news show. And she's talking about I discovered this comet on a telescope. And he says, I didn't know Subaru made telescopes, you know, like just completely not understanding the point at all (laughs) in this situation. Like I I thought that was a very funny way, way to go about it, which was how we all kind of felt when, when all that started was once reality hit, we all kind of accepted it, but it took a long time to understand the gravity of the situation and especially the news media, everybody like that. It, 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 it was a tough time, but, I think to y'all's point earlier, like nothing, nothing could be crazier than the time we experienced.
0: I wouldn't mind him taking another crack at it down the road, but but I think it needs to be grounded in something. Um, and look, I mean, this is a universe. It, it can be a politicized issue, but I mean, this kind of mm-hmm. thing is a universal issue we all have to deal with on some level too. So I see I see his point on that, but I I think it's something a little more um approachable and, and yes, you're right, Ken. I definitely don't want him to make another uh political movie next. Yeah. But I think he's a interesting thinker and I, I don't yeah. you know, at some level I don't think it we could it would be that if he just did step brothers the rest of his days, I think that's also kind of a waste, you know? I think Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um but I, I I'd be interested at a in a new angle of it. I don't think I would I'd be love interested
1: in the in the in just a straight drama from him. Like if he does, and it's the irony of the day we're recording this. The Elizabeth Holmes verdict came out today. Yeah. Like if he does the the bad blood thing, I think yeah. that could be like a great yes. like kind mm-hmm. of a Fincher. Yeah. You know, maybe some tech startup stories would be interesting from him that have some kind of comedic undertone to them. Absolutely, I I, I think
0: more I I would if he wants to make a political movie because his brain is interested in that. That's great. I yeah. I would hope that I don't think him doing a political movie with also the hopes of conversion to some kind of point or look how smart I am is the way to go. It's more like, Hey, this is a really interesting story that I found or thought of or whatever. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be an adaptation. I'm going to just tell that story in my way. Then, Hey, not only is this a movie that you're going to love and laugh at and be, but this is important. You have to like, this movie will change your life. I feel like the whole premise of this movie is that from the get go if that happens organically, great, but I don't like when any writer yeah. comes to it from that point of view to start with. I I, right. I think that's, if you're going to have, <laughs> I feel like conversion is much more, um, I don't mean like conversion to some kind of liberal ideology, but like conversion to, oh, wow, that was a really good point there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think that happens only, and by the way, same with a like conservative ideology. I yep. mean, right? I- anything, I think that happens so, so much more effectively when Like the writer didn't even really think of that, you know, Mm -hmm. where, and then you go, shoot, man, that, you know, that really had a,
2: that, or at least didn't set out with, that's the point of this. Right. Like literally when I put
0: (laughs) pen to paper, that is my intent. And that's what this felt like. Whereas if that happens at some point along the process, I feel like it's more effective. You're right, Ken. I mean, that he's been circling that bad blood thing forever.
1: I feel like he delayed that. To do this, because he still has Jennifer Lawrence in this. Maybe he's like, all right, let's let's do this, and then wait for the verdict to come out. Maybe wait for the verdict, and then we'll we'll re- yeah, redo it. True. I mean, I think. But also, they own hard. the rights to it. They own the Bad Blood book, so like they totally. have the, they have the official who's stu- what studio is that with?
0: I don't think that's Netflix. I think that's Netflix,
1: but I think it what? might be
0: Sony. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, could be. That's totally just like a weird feeling app. It could be totally wrong. I don't know that that one is like. I mean, it's an interesting story. It, they have I think the Amanda Apple, Seyfried. It's Apple, thing. by the way.
2: Yeah, he's Amanda doing Seyfried
0: is, uh, the, is the one um,
1: coming yeah. out this year called um, Dropout. Yeah. Uh, that's that's coming out. That was the Kate McKinnon one. So this will be like a movie. <laughs> How funny movie is that? By the way, she dropped out. She was no. Like, I, I know, you
0: know but that, at some point, someone thought that was a great idea. Actually, and that's maybe the one role McKinnon would be good in because like I could see her doing the voice pretty well. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's the yeah, one. But
2: how, yeah, but within twenty minutes you'd be like, okay, get yeah. it. No, I'm like we, we can. It's just it's funny because that's the
0: one character that's weird enough yeah. where Kate McKinnon could ground the weirdness mm-hmm. in something okay. that. But not sure she's no, gonna. She's getting that Verizon money, but um, but yeah, no, the Seaford's a great actress. I think that could be really interesting. I I just feel like they're. Like, I would, I'm interested in McCade's take on that, but at the same time, I think there's starting to be some fatigue around that story. I know the verdict just came out today. I, mm. I don't know. if I, The boat might have
1: been missed with that. a bit. I don't yeah. know if anyone knows what that is. Like, the general public still is still kind of in the, I mean, in the a dark a about Theranos.
0: Number one bestseller like, book, though. I mean, well, book I know, but, huge. like,
1: would the average Netflix person be – be like, "Ugh, no more Theranos yeah, stuff." Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could that's, right.
2: that's a mid-budget movie that's that's not going to make money anyway. So we're not talking about a, I mean, I feel a, like a it really has an awesome eye
1: upside movie. with some Oscar caliber sure. performances, yeah. good probably good script, you know. Yeah. Not leaning too much into the comedy for McKay. I feel like it's a really safe choice on a lot of levels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he, yeah. if if that's the announcement, I mean, it's been rumored for 2 years. So it's been in development or whatever. So I don't know, but
2: Yeah. I I'd be interested in him doing that. I be look I'm always going to be interested in what McKay is doing, but to me I like this what he was...
1: produces. I like some of the like you look at some of his production credits. Sorry to cut you off, Brian, but like I like I really like some of the uh some of the things he's done on the um on the production side of things lately. Like uh some of the documentary series he's done with HBO and Vice have, have been really interesting. Um so maybe he'll have more of a voice there going forward than than any kind yeah. of director voice we care of, care about. Maybe. I mean, it's like Adam McKay presents blank and it's hiring other people and kind of, I mean, he's in a, yeah. he's six does succession and, um, he did this, uh, Q documentary series. That was really, really well done. Um, a couple years ago or at the beginning of this year. I mean, there's, there's some stuff I feel like he can do and kind of have a voice without, Doing this is mean, what I'm trying to
2: say. Yeah, I mean, look, producing gives you an opportunity to make what you want to make when you want to make it. That's mm-hmm. that's I think that's one of the great benefits uh, of, of of being an uber producer like he is becoming is like you're going to you know, you're making money off of this. That means that you don't have to do the other guys too without Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. You know what I mean? It keeps you mm-hmm. it keeps the totally. money flowing in and then you get to say, hey, I'm working on this thing over here. And it it takes, you know, succession. This takes this takes two hours a week of my actual right. focus. You know, the other the rest of my time, I can be over here doing this thing that I really want to do. The
0: Showtime mm-hmm. show, Showtime yeah. meaning I know it's confusing. Showtime is the <laughs> name of the book right. about the Lakers that HBO yeah. is doing. It's not a Showtime HBO co production, but this Showtime show on HBO um, is. I I don't think that happens without Succession being a rainmaker mm-hmm. right. for HBO, right? right? Exactly. And so. Yep uh, to that point, I think he, he's able to do that. Um, you know, and obviously succession is far more of a Jesse Armstrong. Um, that's his name, right? I think. Yeah. The, uh, thing than an Adam McKay thing, but it's he's, Lance actually, but it's Lance. That that makes sense. The, the if you've watched the Lance documentary, it, it really, the, the language does line up yeah. <laughs> with succession. Um, he could have been a character. Pete Royded out. Lance could definitely hang out. Hey, yo, <laughs> yeah. <a> yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be a great anti-hero Lance movie would be awesome <laughs> fabricated <if> that <laughs> um, versus just him dog cussing people as he chases them down across the uh, across France um, but anyway yeah I mean he, he again like it's he I I'm you know I, I'm always gonna be he's such an interesting brain even when I yes. disagree with him on his angles 100%. on stuff or his point of view on stuff or his approach on stuff or the result of stuff right But I am always going to be interested in what his brain is up to, you know, until he does this six. But he'll get a lot more leeway because even this, like like you guys both talked about, there's moments in this that are super interesting, super provocative, super funny, all of that. Right. And so there's Mm -hmm. always going to have. It's like he can always do that. He's never going to have a total dud. I think there's just too much going on up there. But I think he can, you know, again, I think John Mayer is the best. Uh, you know, Continuum was uh, the Big Short, you know, and then everything mm-hmm. else. You're sure. like, all right, what, what's, yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? Why are you wearing a pelt? Um, <laughs> why is there a sale sticker on your album? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. all that kind of like overthinking their own, you know, yeah. yeah, talents.
2: I think he's definitely in his head, and you you could see that in that that profile too yeah. in the. Uh Oh, was it the Times or was it Var- I can't remember that did the big profile Variety, came out think, that he yeah. was feuding with with Feral. I mean, I feel like you could tell that in in the the profile. Like, dude, this guy's in his head. It's, it's it's he's trying to figure some stuff out, and 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 I hope he will. I, you know, again as somebody who really really loved The Big Short and really didn't dig vice. This is like, this leans you in the wrong direction for me, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. Let's talk about the cast though. Cause I, I think that yeah. was the other, that, that was maybe the big selling point for, certainly was the big selling point for Netflix, I think. And, and for, for audiences, you're getting Leo, you're getting J law, who hasn't been in a movie in a few years. Yeah. You're getting uh Meryl Streep, you're getting Jonah Hill, all of these other, you know, Chalamet, Kate Blanchett, you're getting uh, very well-known people, high pedigree actors, how did that turn out for you guys? Let's start with Leo. We, we've, we mentioned a little bit. I will say that I thought he was pretty terrible and it's been a long, long time since I've thought Leo was anything other than, than, than very good or better in a movie. And I didn't get what was going on with this one.
1: Yeah. yeah. With you, um, it, you, you, know, he doesn't pick a lot of projects. <laughs> so yeah. when he does, you feel like, Oh man, he's really going to have something here. Have an angle on this. It's going to be interesting.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: he was doing like the voice of the of the Nathan for You episode where he dresses <laughs> like the guy to do the tightrope. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where he's like yeah. living this guy's life to do a tightrope walk. Uh, that was the the voice I couldn't get out of my head for this mm-hmm. entire thing. And that was like the character was, was the voice. I mean, he's super nerdy. I can't see Leo as nerdy. It's kind of like a, yeah, it's weird. It's like, it's like weird. Toby, M- Toby McGuire's like, you're too handsome to be Peter Parker kind of thing, yeah. you know, uh, to be mm-hmm. a nerd. So I, I didn't buy that. Um, the one cast member that I, I was cringing the entire time. And I, hopefully you were too, Brian, because I know this would have broken your heart. Mark Rylance. Yeah,
2: yeah. it was rough. Oh, yeah, It was really rough. That was tough. It was like they're doing I, I, the Ready they, Player One character, yeah. but like yeah. on meth, mm-hmm.
1: like or something. Like that was the. <laughs> yeah. but what if you're yeah? What if you're just on hallucinogens the whole time?
2: <laughs> that that. <Yeah. laughs> it was uh, it was pretty painful, and I th- I mean I I think he's a phenomenal actor. <laughs> yeah. It was understatement. Just, of, yeah. Just not good. Not good in this. Yeah. Um, DiCaprio, like you said, I, I can't. Re- it's hard for me to buy him as as nerd. I mean, you know. The thing with DiCaprio is it, it we we just went over this with McKay, but I think you sometimes you get in your own head and sometimes you're you're too smart for your own good and and you're too close to something I mean I, I think of while I was watching this, I was thinking of like the of the Nate Bergazzi bit about how he followed Leonardo DiCaprio on Twitter, and all he tweets about is like you know how many sharks die in a day, yeah and stuff it's, like it's that. Only and I was like yeah, charity stuff yeah. exactly I mean I feel like. All that that needed for for Leo to do this movie, because we he is he is a pretty picky actor. And I don't blame him for doing this, by the way, whatsoever. You you do whatever you want, dude. um But it, it definitely seemed like Adam McKay is calling with a climate change movie. I'm in like, that's all I I and yeah, I'll figure true. the rest out. And maybe we we didn't need that. I don't know. He doesn't really fit the role. And that, again, is somebody I'm saying that as somebody who thinks that he is one of the best actors in our, in our business. Um, I just thought he was pretty cringe. Speaking of one of the best actors in our business, I could not stand the Meryl Streep thing. I thought it was awful. I don't. I don't know. Yep. Like, was I, I too in my head on that, or or I, you guys have a different opinion on that? No,
0: I. And it's like she's totally. Her resume speaks for itself, but like, right. I don't. Something about her, like her last like seven movies, I haven't liked her performance. I don't know Same. what it is. Yeah. It's like, and she's. And I, I feel like it's that thing where she's so good in everything mm-hmm. else before that. I feel like I'm wrong because it's like, yeah. but like, yeah, something up with like, it's, I don't know what it is. It's just this affect that she's developed for a lot of these different characters that seems so like, I don't know, It's it's baffling to me. Yeah, yeah. And a testament by the way to her legacy. By the way, that I still think like she's great because like yeah, she she could sure. literally afford sure. like eight bad performances mm-hmm. in a row in my book, and mm-hmm. I'm still like, oh, well, her next one will be great. Mm-hmm. That's how sure. deep her resume is.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you'd say the same for, and then I wonder what you would you think, Kim, yeah, but like, uh, it's not quite to this level yet. But like Robert De Niro, yeah can go 20 years where the best movie that he did is like meet the parents you know and and you're still like but that's still bob de niro so if he's in a movie and he's got the right director or whatever or the right project i'm going to expect that he's capable of 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 greatness because because he's bob de niro you know i mean that's meryl streep so you're always going to expect that and and to some degree it's it's unfair to her because it's like it's always a letdown if it's not Oscar worthy, you know, because she's just done it so many times. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think on Meryl Kinto? Um, I wasn't
1: more. wasn't a huge fan either, but on the list of like p- performances in this movie, it wasn't in my like okay. <laughs> bottom five. Um, I think just the joke of President Meryl Streep speaks for itself and that's all they really we're, we're aiming for with this is like Meryl Streep's the president of America and it makes sense in a satire. And there was nothing really beyond that other than mm-hmm. parodying, uh, you know, current politicians. So yeah. that that's really, that's really all it brought for me was the joke yeah. of Meryl being the president.
2: Right. In the same way that I kind of felt like Leo as nerdy scientist guy was miscast. I, I'm not sure that I quite can accept Meryl Streep as like Maxim magazine's hottest milf kind of president, yeah. which is what they're. I mean, <laughs> it's what they're doing. I mean, like I can't remember exactly what Jonah Hill's character says, but it's basically that. And it's like, not that Meryl Streep's not a beautiful woman. She. It, it, that's not the point. It's like she's Meryl Streep. She's not. She, she's not this. I don't know. It's yeah, kind of it's very weird. The um it felt like odd casting. The, it felt like, hey, we got Meryl Streep, so let's. That's true. You know. The
1: um. What'd you guys think about Blanchett in oh. this and, uh, and Tyler Perry. And I thought it was funny on the, on the, on the new show, how they, they knew they had the scientists on to talk about the, this asteroid hitting the earth, but they still, their top story was DJ cello and Riley Bina getting back together. <laughs> I thought that was, yeah. that was kind yeah. of a funny thing. Like, yeah, we know what you, you know, we know that that's, uh, that's big, but this is bigger. You know, like people, people care mm-hmm. about this. And then immediately going over like, oh yeah, well we had more, we had more engagement during that segment. So sure. that's what yeah. we're doing. You know, that All that kind of stuff is probably a little bit too, I don't know, not eloquently written. Like it mm-hmm. should have been a little bit better done, but I mm-hmm. thought that was funny. I mean, I don't get Ariana Grande. I don't need to go down that
2: train. Yeah, I don't, I don't
1: understand yeah. Uh, her Mariah Carey impression constantly. It's that, don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, Ron Perlman in this was, was bad. I didn't, didn't like Chalamet either in this. Um, Tyler Perry didn't bother me. I thought he was, he's fun when yeah. he does. He's right good thing. in these kind of movies. Yeah. yeah. Every time
2: he, he fits really well. Yeah. With what, yeah. No, I agree. What, what I was gonna say is like on the positive Chalamet was, was, uh, like a, a zero. For me, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't a positive <laughs> or a negative. And I lo- I mean, I really dig him. It's not yeah. that. It's just, just that yeah. character. It could have been you, Richard. It, it felt mean, like it, they it added it at the
1: very that. last minute. Like, hey, we could possibly yeah. get Chalamet for this. Hey, to exactly, we ride a role exactly. for
2: him? Exactly. Yeah. You know? that, that, that's, that's what it felt like to me as well. I was going to say, the positive side of, of the performance for me ranged upwards from I liked seeing Jonah Hill do comedy. I thought that that character was super cringy. Yeah. And... and and not the way that I think that McKay wanted it to come across. Yeah, um, she's like, "Cool, you're Eric Trump. All right. Well, I mean, it was like uh, late era
1: not... Vince Vaughn too. It was like almost <laughs> yeah. there. It was yeah. almost to the sure. peak. Yeah, but that's a, so this is a crappy script. Yeah. I mean, I'll give Jonah, yeah. Jonah the benefit of the doubt of like anything funny was him
2: just being no, hundred uh, uh, percent. Like, and, and yeah, <laughs> nothing truly, truly, it was good to see him do something fun because it's been ages since he's been funny. It seems like he's just, it's, I don't know. I, I enjoyed that part. I thought that the Blanchett Perry thing worked really well. It also was overwritten, but that's again, that's the scripting. I thought they were Blanchett gave a re- I thought gave a pretty good performance actually like her
0: best living her, actress, sp- dude.
2: Yeah. She's incredible. And And her switch from this is the persona on air to actually I'm a really smart person with three PhDs and all this sort of stuff was, was that felt realistic. Whereas so much of the rest of it, didn't quite hit either the realism or the satire the way that I think it intended to. And then I thought J-Law was great. I thought it was, it was really great to have her back on screen. I hadn't seen her in five years almost, I think at this point. Um, And she much more than the other actors for me personally, and I'm curious to see y'all's hear y'all's opinions on this, but I thought that she actually gave a good performance that fit in the movie and made the most of what was on uh, the page, whereas maybe not so much for some of these other incredibly talented Oscar winning actors and actresses.
0: Yeah. And she's great. Um, you know, comic foil in this too, you know, she kind of, the comedy doesn't mm-hmm. work unless there's something to bounce it off against. And she's not only funny in this, but also is the best version of that. Cause Leo, I don't know what Leo's up to, but it's not that, mm-hmm. um, she, she's, yeah, it was awesome to see her again, you know, in anything. So, um, you know, hopefully we get, some, obviously she's got some projects lined up from, from here on out, so uh, but yeah, it's like it's also, I don't know It it's, I, I all these actors want to work with McKay because not only do you get these satirical larger than life characters but also i think his working environment has been praised for being really loose and fun and letting you find the character and also like yelling at you through a megaphone and improvising with you and and kind of Mm -hmm. making you feel like you're the funniest smartest person in the room and connecting with your brain and all that i think there's a lot of appeal so i understand why movie stars would take less than movie star parts to just check this out because i think especially after big short like rave reviews from the Christian Bale's and the Steve Carell's and the Brad Pitts mm-hmm. and the Ryan Gosling's and all that like they were like this was right. such a fun not only was the the end result great but i think everyone really enjoyed the right. process of making that mm-hmm. um but uh also like i don't know it, it it's like to comment on <laughs> to comment on the like depravity of celebrity culture and how harmful it is to you know disaster pre- preparedness mm-hmm. with a movie full of a-list celebrities yeah. <laughs> that's basically like yeah. celebrity porn at certain levels as well i don't oh, know no. to me it hurt the message you know i could have yeah. used a character no, actor or two yeah
2: yeah totally agree Totally agree. Kent, you have any thoughts on J Law or or the? Uh, um, I didn't the, the understand the hair was.
1: choice. I didn't know if that. That was like a weird Charlize <laughs> Theron. Can we just have normal hair on a character? Kind of a situation, but good to see J Law doing stuff again. Um, you know, she had a baby and she's been laying low. Yeah. Um, I I've always really enjoyed uh, her work. I know feels like in the last five years there's been a huge we hate J Law. Mm-hmm. um crowd and i don't understand that so hopefully that she can prove the haters wrong here in the next few years
2: sure yeah yeah of, of all the the performers she was the one that i came away saying i i definitely would have thought in june when that first like real trailer came out whenever the, i don't know what month that was but it feels like it was in the summer and you watch the trailer i'm like I think I even tweeted from our account. This movie is going to be nominated for you know 400 Oscars. It just it felt that way, and I would have guessed coming in, this is a Leo Oscar performance. This is a J Law. This is a Streep. This you know on down the list, and I come out of this feeling like the only one who had the performance that was. Worthy of, of being in that conversation is 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 her is J Law. I thought she was pretty good. She was, At, she was very good, and the rest and
0: wasn't trying to hit home runs constantly. Exactly, hundred like, percent. Yeah, you know, testament to her not only skill but like confidence.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, we we need to talk about the the endings. That's all I have. Is is, is beyond that is to is to touch on these endings, see how they worked for you boys, and uh, and grade it. But if you guys have anything else, add that. What where do you stand, Kent? on the uh the dual ending of this whole thing.
1: Yeah, I think it's funny. Um you know, I thought the notion of of like shooting people into space or whatever at the end, you know, I guess it was mm-hmm. wasn't it the tech company thing. It's very Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, all that kind of stuff that's happening right now. And the um way they kind of did the ending was kind of poetic, I thought. It was it was it's kinda of pretty, which I didn't really expect at the end, uh, with like the party happening and everyone just kinda of living their normal lives and really felt like he was trying to say something about the moments we take for granted all the time sure. in life. And and I, I liked that aspect of it. So I kinda it kinda of ended on a on a better note for me than like the middle hour was super rough. But like the mm-hmm. opening and the end were, were pretty strong in my opinion.
2: Okay. Richard? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's... I, I like that it had the... kind of the, the balls, for lack of a better word, to, to, to uh, you know, give this thing stakes. Like, the, you mm-hmm. know, oh, and the comet mist, and everyone learned their lesson. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, I do like um, that. And then the, I don't know, the, the like, alien planet thing, that oh. was, like, yeah. that seemed a little... I don't know. Um... I mean, it was very, it was comic for sure, but it felt un, un, unnecessary. I get it. We all hate the the, the President Orlean uh, character. So we want to, it's like good for that. But other than that, it was kind of pointless. But yeah.
2: Yeah. I went, uh, I kind of rode the roller coaster with that. I thought that the, to your point, kid, I thought that the ending of having all these characters around a table essentially, you know, sharing their last meal, was was oddly touching, and Absolutely. I I, too, I had the same thought. And I, I felt like this is kind of a commentary on the way things have gone over the last few years, and just like charging those those moments and and all that sort of stuff. I thought that was great. The explosion then turning into like here's all these like <laughs> uh artifacts floating through space was te- was pretty rough to me. Yeah, and then to top it off, stuff, yeah. yeah to top it off with that sort of epilogue that has no tonal <laughs> no uh, j- just no tonal similarity to me to like anything else in the rest of the movie I hate it like I probably dropped this a full <laughs> letter grade for for that ending it just it it really left a bad taste in my mouth and that's the last i mean it's the last scene of the movie i don't know it, it i thought the well, c g the... was from... was
1: pretty awesome on the uh Yeah, the the asteroid. I mean, that that's one of the best uh, apocalypse scenes I've ever seen on screen in Mm -hmm. terms of the Earth being destroyed or whatever. I think that looked awesome, Mm -hmm. but whatever.
0: The post-credits scene was funny with uh, Mm -hmm. with uh, Jonah, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it yeah I would have rather that. As the sure. just the ending sure. that
1: wasn't <laughs> this movie have been
0: eighty minutes too. Why is this two and a half hours? Yeah, is, I mean that's the biggest thing. I mean that that's like is the it? that's just where you want a studio and not a software company. Mm-hmm. We all love Netflix. The only that Marvel the only monoculture we have left. Everyone sees everything on Netflix. Good for yeah. them. They're an incredibly successful platform. <laughs> Last but point I have,
1: um, Brian, before we if if we want to, if we're close to grades here is the editing on this was atrocious. I can't. I can't do just constant shifting back and forth from character to character, setting to setting. Um, Mm -hmm. McKay needs to rein it in. I don't know. Maybe it's just nobody telling him. Maybe he's sitting in the edit bay and it's just whatever he says goes, and that's what it is. But I don't like his style, his editing style. He doesn't have the Edgar Wright ability to just bring something in the edit that that adds to the movie in a significant way it only detracts from it so it's i don't it mind it if i don't mind it if it adds momentum right
0: it like, doesn't no he's it, trying I know, for it it's just like, like killing it exactly it's like stop so it's it's definitely like in i feel like in in uh, big short it, it adds this kind of uh, propulsive energy to mm-hmm. um, and even
1: even even in big short uh i mean is that what you said or vice
0: no, big short. It, oh, yeah. It has in Vice, propulsive... too.
1: I think it does, too. Yeah. But not in this. I think it was just like all the worst instincts he had in those movies put into one movie.
2: Yeah. No, I, other, I agree. Other than that, though, yeah. A. Plus. Other than that, <laughs> other than that though, it's great pretty movie. good. Great movie. Yeah. Pretty good. All right, I'm good for grades. So let's start with you, Arby.
0: Okay. I'm going to go. And it's a hard one to grade because it's so. These are the ones that are that are tough. There's parts of this that are so F minus and there are parts that are not. I'm going to give this and like, it's better than a lot of movies this year. It's worse, but it's not an Oscar worthy. I don't think movie, but when you view it through the lens of that expectation, it like kind of knocks it down a grade two in a way mentally. So I'm trying to give this an honest grade. I'm going to give this for now a C plus can What about you? Okay
1: exactly what i was going to give it to i was between a b minus and a c plus on it but i'm more at a c plus um maybe i'll bump it up in in the retrospective episode in 10 years but that's where i am currently (laughs) c plus
2: i'm a little lower on the both of you guys i just think that that if we're going to do the satire of this then like i've seen that movie and it's it's idiocracy and it's a lot better than this satirically yeah. so disagree um, but ye-
0: yes i see your
2: point <laughs> uh so i i mean i feel like i'm being for me personally i'm being a little generous and i'll go i'll go c minus to keep yeah, it out of the that's the, fair the f and and d f minus 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 category uh and and whatnot but I'm really bummed by this. This is I a little bit indicative I think. Rich and I were talking about this off the air earlier today that this award season feels felt like it had so much promise and now kind of feels a little bit like a letdown. Yes. So many of the movies and we still have a, a few to go. Um I haven't seen a couple of the big ones and we haven't even had access to a couple of the big ones yet, but but it, it's not it's not really grabbing me the way that I thought that we were going to be coming into this award season. And this is this is certainly for me, is more of a disappointment than than some of the other films that are going to be in that conversation. But it it's sort of indicative of this whole award season to me. Just kind of a letdown. Hey, so.
0: question. I'm looking at this HBO show. It's now called Winning Time. Did that change or was it always Winning Time? I don't know. I, I feel I like mean, maybe the Showtime maybe that's got to be what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. now called maybe Winning Showtime time. Was, was like you on. can't
1: do that. You can't call yeah. it Showtime. Yeah, yeah. they probably yeah. had a trademark on yeah you know premium cable tv called showtime right. you know that kind of thing yeah.
0: so for sure for they should have sure. launched a, a, a adaptation drama called hbo max i it's just about <laughs> or it's just about a guy named H- <laughs> Hor- horace bartolgens <laughs> o'neill and his quest
1: to be the max mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i hope hb i hope blanchett didn't say no to ricardo's because of this or yeah. if they ever even got wanted her for that, but yeah, that, I think that, that was that the call from the get Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh. but we'll talk about that at a later date. But yep. it just occurred to Absolutely. me that like that she could have been in that instead of this, maybe. and yeah. who knows? Um, right. the, oh my gosh, <laughs> J- this is a quote from Jonah I wanted to mention. He said his character, the inspiration was, "What if Firefest Fest was a person?" <laughs> I think that's a, that's a funny thing. What if Adam McKay did a Firefest movie? Like that could be awesome. Yeah. Okay, now could, we're talking. Now we're yeah. talking.
2: Yeah. I'd love that. All right. That's all we got on. Don't look up. You can watch that on Netflix. If you would like, um, I imagine it will have some kind of awards consideration towards the end. Of- By the way, Oscars aren't until the end of March. Good gracious. We got to carry this all the way through for uh. the, the literal whole first quarter of the year. What a beating. What a, what a foolish decision. Um, Bring it back to the beginning of February, guys. Let's just get it over with. Um, listen, later this week you're gonna get a uh, you'll get a, a the final retrospective for our 2021 season. We're gonna be wrapping up the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the Avengers an Avengers episode. We also have a nice little fun bonus episode for you coming this week. Uh, we're gonna talk about our favorite uh, our favorite recommendations for the year. So. Uh, outside of the movie world so books tv shows uh albums whatever things that we liked and enjoyed that kept us going through the course of 2021 so be on the lookout for that as well next week's main feed episode is licorice pizza i know you boys are excited to talk about that one finally um i haven't seen it yet i'm excited to uh to take in the, the pta and our throwback next week if you're interested is uh walk hard the dewey cox story very excited to talk about that with you boys as well. Always great to uh, to venture into John C. Riley territory. We'll be back next week with those fun episodes. If uh, if you like what you heard, thank you so much for listening. Leave us a review. We haven't done that in a while. We haven't done a call for reviews on yes. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Leave us that five-star rating, five-star review. We greatly appreciate your. Life. We'll be back next week. Until then, we'll see you at the same time.
0: Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged Ha, 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 ha But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya-ya. They're calling again.